Southeast Radio's morning mix. Chat, news, and your views. Alan Corcoran. Good morning, Alan. How are you? I'm grand. I'm getting a, f- a bit of a lash here this morning, but sure, that's what it's all about. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, look, we want to we want we want to move on to. Um, uh, the health topic today and one of the areas you want to look at is urinary incontinence it sounds something that is quite serious but by all accounts it's something that can be tackled first of all uh, what is it Leone? You know like urinary incontinence is kind of you know the medical term I think it's much easier for people to realise it's just bladder leakage so leaking urine from the bladder for differing reasons and I suppose it can affect different people, but it affects a lot of people. Um, we, we see that maybe it affects twice as many women as men, and it can affect up to half, 50% of women after the menopause. So it's, it's a massive issue, and it, it affects a lot of people, and it's, it's kind of probably, I think it's quite an insidious thing, because we're very reluctant to talk about it. Um, it's embarrassing. All right, so let's look at what it is first of all then and uh, also the fact uh, how you can go about tr- treating it. You said that around one-third of older men and half of all women leak accidentally from time to time. Um, so first of all, let's analyse the, the stats on it, Leonie, and then how you treat it. Yeah, I suppose the first thing is some people think that leakage or any kind of dribbling of urine is normal and it just isn't. Uh, I think we grow, it comes on people, women and men, very slowly, kind of doesn't affect them too much at the start, but then it gets worse and worse with time. And it's shown that it can take people up to six years to actually report it to their GPs, which is a long time, you know. Um, what happens is there, there are kind of lots of different types of uh, bladder leakage or urinary incontinence, and it can affect people in lots of different ways. They can actually withdraw onto themselves, they can stop socialising, they can stop having intimacy, they can, you know, get depressed, they can avoid certain circumstances when there's not a loo available. Um, lots of different things psychologically can really impact people. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't just affect the elderly. Like, it's not just a condition of elderly. It's a condition of all ages. Right. Women and men in their 20s and 30s can be affected by it. Up to 30% of women and men in their 20s and 30s can be affected by it. So that's a lot of people. Right. Um, a lot of people walking around who are affected by it who, who maybe mightn't feel comfortable talking about it. Right, you have it broken into two types uh, of UI, stress and urge. So I'll let you talk about them, please. Yeah, um, there's, I suppose there's lots of combinations of different types, but the main types we see would be this exertional. So you leak urine when you have exertion. That would be like pressure on the bladder means that it, that pressure overcomes the urethra, the little sphincters at the, when uh, coming out of, of the bladder and you leak. So that can be anything from coughing, shouting, laughing, jumping. Um, it can be, you know, just physical activity. If, if someone has chronic cough for years and years and years, that can overcome then the little muscle at the bottom of the bladder and they that person can leak. Um, it's really when the the activity or the pressure on the bladder um, overrides uh, your ability to stop yourself leaking. And then we have another one called urge urinary incontinence, which is different to the first one. Urge is when the muscle around the bladder um, kind of starts firing haphazardly. And it's, it's, it's out of our control. Uh, the sex the urge incontinence um, it kind of happens and what uh, you, you get this 
women usually get this massive urge to go to the loo. They can't hold it. And before they make it to the loo, they'll leak urine. Or they have to go up to the loo five times during the night. Um, Or they can't hold urine for, you know, more than two hours because the the muscle of the bladder is contracting and causing um, the urine just to be pushed out and leaked um, at any time of the day. So the the urge incontinence is is a tricky one and it's, it's very debilitating for people. Right, there are risk factors and you've listed all these out for me as well. Do you want to go through them? Yeah, the risk factors include your age. So obviously, as we've seen, as you get older, like anything else, the muscles and the tone start to to decrease. Um, Hormones would change. Oestrogen would lower for women. And and all that that ageing process would cause trouble. Um, Your gender, women more so than men would, would suffer from it. Multiple pregnancies, the the act of carrying the baby and then giving birth, lots of birth, uh, vaginal deliveries would be a risk factor. Um, you've got medical conditions and, you know, spinal cord injuries, um, any long-term uh, diseases that would cause, you know, um, uh, neural problems like MS, Parkinson's, diabetes. Obesity, another one, if you've got a lot, a lot of weight on board, your bladder's under pressure. Um, and then just genetics, some people can be more prone than others. Okay. You've got to treatments for both the areas you looked at, stress and then the urge uh, urinary uh, uh, incontinence. So, uh, treatment for stress-related ones, what are they? Yes, so the stress one is, you know, um, anything that is, is causing um, continued pressure on that bladder, if we can look at those those um, causes. So, you know, if there's continuing coughing, we have to treat the, the, the condition maybe that's causing the coughing. But outside of that, the first mainstay for both types of bladder leakage would be our pelvic floor exercises. It's thinking about those muscles that hold up the pelvic floor and contracting them properly. A physiotherapist will go through it properly with people who are in a lot of trouble, but they see about 60% improvement in people who target and practice their pelvic floor exercises. Hmm. Main problem with that is you have to keep going. It's like any exercise. If you give it up, the, it's it's shown that the leakage can come back. So it's a long-term commitment. It's a lifetime commitment, really, Alan. All right. And, and did you mention, you mentioned so much there to me, and I'm just making sure I cut everything. Did you mention about bulking, like collagen and, and, and a filler? Yeah. So if the pelvic floor stuff doesn't work for you, then you move on to other other things for this stress, for the, for the exertional incontinence leakage. So you can get different things like sl- slings are put in, um, bulking. Bulking is, 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 a, is a funny one. It's so you can put in a sling and it holds up the little tube coming out of your bladder. So it actually kind of, it's like just tightening up that little bladder, the tube that comes out of it. Um, and that will stop if you do your jumping or do your shouting, that will stop the leakage. That's a little sling. It's, it can be made of your own tissue. So again, it's not, um, you're not in, um, introducing anything foreign to the body. It's usually a day procedure. It is a surgical procedure. And right. um, then we have a thing called bulking. You can, it's like putting collagen in, in your lips or filler. We put a bit of collagen like material. So a biologic material. Um, to the sides of the little tube coming out of the bladder and that makes just that tube a little bit tighter um, and that can prevent leaking. And then there's another thing called birch and there's, you know, this um, cellular therapy where we can, it's looked at 
putting stem cell, muscle cells from your thigh, growing them, putting them beside the muscle of the sphincter coming out of the bladder, and that uh, increases the muscle bulk of that uh, sphincter, and that can really help. Um, so there are the, the, I suppose, the options for the stress one. And, um, and the urge one then. Yeah, urge is just uh, urge. We also use the pelvic floor uh, exercises, but there's a little bit different. We're, we're dealing with the muscle that's not firing properly. So uh, we can use drugs for this one. We can use drugs that can affect the muscle of the bladder. And it kind of switches it off a little bit or it it, it um, makes it down, it, it downplays the firing of the muscle. So we can use drugs for that. And people are on these all of the time. I see these in the pharmacy every day. They have a good um, good safety profile. They do have some side effects. Some people can't tolerate the side effects, so they might have to look at another option. Um, other options would be to go on what they call a bladder diet, which is counting out some of the things we have in our day-to-day life that can affect the bladder. And unfortunately, it's, it's lovely things like caffeine, chocolate, alcohol, spicy foods, things like this, but they can be triggers for the overactive bladder to be even more active. So we cut them out, we have a look for a couple of days, see if they've had any effect by cutting them out. If it has made no effect whatsoever, then you go back to maybe looking at medicines. And another funny one here is um, we use Botox for headaches and migraines, we use Botox for cosmetic reasons on the face, and then we we can use Botox in the bladder. You go in and we inject a little bit of Botox that relaxes the muscle, which is contracting too much in the bladder, it relaxes the bladder muscle and will stop that, you know, continuing firing in the muscle and will stop that urgency to go to the loo all the time. Um, there's a couple of other options. There's neuromodulation, which is like putting kind of little pacemaker into the bladder, kind of like a heart pacemaker, but you're putting it on the, around the bladder um, into the muscle there. So it, it, um, it paces the muscle of the bladder to stop it firing too much and stop the leakage. Right, look, I mean, I'm sure people who are going through this problem, and it's a very private problem that people maybe mm. not like talking about, but the information you've given us today is so detailed, I know it's going to be of help to them. Now, can you quickly discuss the stock problems for HRT at the moment? I believe this is an issue in pharmacies. Yeah, I suppose just before we leave the, the bladder leakage, it is important to distinguish between bladder leaking and prolapse. So prolapse is more so the the organs of the womb and the uh, bladder and the back passage falling down, which can put pressure on the bladder and cause bladder leakage. But today we were talking really much more so about the bladder itself. Right. So they are two different things. Okay. Um, and of, of course, it is important to speak to your GP about both or either. Um, HRT, at the minute, um, we have had, in the past, we've had supply issues with some of the ingredients for the hormone replacement treatment for women with menopause. Um, And it's gone off the market for like a couple of months and then come back on again. And now we're having trouble lately again. Um, It's very um, disruptive for people because they feel, you know, they've um, been stabilised on their HRT, either their patch or their tablet um, or their gels or whatever they're using, and suddenly they can't get it. It's a nationwide problem. Um, There are, I suppose, I, I just looked last night and some of the HRT patches will be back in stock next week. Some it's going to be the end of March. 
there's a very, very limited supply of different um, options, but there are options there. So if someone's in into grants and we can't get their specific patch, we'll contact the GP and make sure that they get some type of hormone replacement that's as close as possible to their patch release um, as will, you know, uh, treat their symptoms. So just to reassure people, I suppose, that yes, it is a nationwide supply problem. Um, it w- as soon as they're coming back, we check every single day to see if the stock is coming back. As soon as it's back, we will know and we'll have it. Um, but in the meantime, we will sort the, the patient out with some option okay. to get the hormone back into their blood, bloodstream. Detailed chat with us today, Leone, but again, you are expanding the company which brings employment. It's, it's a good news story to round off. Where are you going now? Because you have branches all over County Wexford, so where are you heading next? Yeah, we're going for number six now. Um, so we, we're, we're four in Wexford, County Wexford, and we've had Arclo um, in County Wicklow. Oh, I think Arclo's maybe 15 years old now. Um, so we are going up uh, a little bit north of Arclo into Bray. So keeping it southeast, but kind of... Uh, um, inching our way up the east coast so we have a lovely unit um, uh, just on the southern crossroad in Bray, it's beside a big uh, Pettit Super Value and um, it's really exciting, it's a big massive unit we're just looking at stocking it out now employing people and um, yeah, uh, you know it, it's it's a good news story, we're looking forward to it can't wait. And when you add them all up then over the various premises, how much employment are you giving then, how many people have you got on your staff? Oh we're north of 75 now at the minute yeah. Alan, so um yeah, um, and, and look, I just want to thank all my staff as well. It's been such a tricky pandemic, and especially for healthcare, and um, it's been pretty relentless. So um, I'm just very, very proud of our teams, and they're, they're, they're fantastic. And I'd, if any of them are listening, I don't know if they're listening, but if they are listening, I'd like to thank them all. Southeast Radio's Morning Mix. Chat, news, and your views.